Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Chilling. I also got to bring in my man FIFO, the point guard of the crew. FIFO, what's good, baby? 
What's good, Kyle? Chilling, man. Chilling, chilling, chilling. And the Professor X of the crew, my man Ken. Ken, what's popping? Hey, what's good, Kyle? Might have a a extra co-host with me. Uh, okay. My son here playing this damn football football game. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, somebody. <laughs> so, uh, so you may hear him in the background, man. But yeah, man, I'm I'm good, man. Life is great, man. Sitting here watching the Braves uh, just go up two one on the uh, Upton home run in uh in this game tonight. So they're playing in Houston. So uh, shout out okay. to the Braves. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now before we get started on sports, I know. You guys just got back, uh, took a little brief hiatus for, as far as uh, filming uh, uh, Dead End uh, Hip Hop stuff. Um, how, how was it to get back together and, and, and do a shoot? I know you guys shot on uh, on Sunday. How did that go? It was crazy. You know, classic as usual. Classic, you know, every time when we go to shoot, I expect for us to be cracking up or laughing about something. Someone, Somebody's going to say or do something that's going to have us, like, dying laughing. So, you know, as usual, it was it was us being silly, man. Yeah, it's no okay, doubt, man. no doubt. I think, I, I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you don't know how much you miss it until it's gone, the thing, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, just to to reunite with the fellas and and um and just you know do what we do, man. It kind of felt good to get around and just plan a little bit. Um, there's still so many topics in hip hop that we didn't get a chance to touch on, um, simply because we were kind of on a, a, a time restraint. But mm-hmm. but nonetheless, man, it was just great to be back. Back in action. Good, good, good. Yeah, so we definitely looking forward to seeing those videos, man. Make sure you check out deadandhiphop.com. Make sure you follow Dead and Hip Hop on Twitter as well. Uh, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. This is Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Paul Kyle, joined by my boys. You know from Dead End Hip Hop, Ken B and FIFO. Um... When we ended last week's show, I wasn't sure. You know, I knew we were going to talk about the draft, but uh, a couple of things happened <laughs> over the last couple of days, over the last 24 hours that kind of changed. We're still going to get, definitely going to get into some draft talk because the draft, NBA draft, obviously takes place on Thursday night at 7 p.m. I think it's on ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, free agency, man. Um, LeBron James. Uh, informed his agent informed uh, the Miami Heat uh, this morning um, that he is going to opt out of his contract and become a free agent. And those are some pretty scary words. LeBron, a- LeBron James, free agent. Four of the most scary words that you would see in NBA, in, in you know, as far as the NBA when you're talking about Twitter. Um, so, you know, Twitter was a buzz. Social media was a buzz. Uh, <laughs> people were clowning Miami Heat fans. Uh, people were clowning Miami Heat stands <laughs> about, you know, what's going to happen. So he got me to thinking, man. I mean, he's, he's LeBron is going to opt out. I don't think many people are expecting him to opt in, but I, I guess the timing of it seemed kind of odd, especially when you consider that LeBron, uh, it came out later this afternoon, that he has not talked to Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. They plan to sit down within the next couple of days. But um, July 1st, he becomes a free agent, man. So I, I'll start with you, Ken. Um, since LeBron has decided to opt out of his contract, where do you think he's going to be next year? Miami. You know, um, yeah, everybody go ahead and get your jokes in now. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and need I remind everybody, you can clown, you can say what you want, but, you know, no matter what you say, 
no matter what you do, no matter what means you put up, it will not take away the two back-to-back championship, uh, the back-to-back championships that they got. So go ahead, have your fun, but they still got two chips. They still dominated the last four years in the East, and, you know, and we're in the finals four straight years. So you can't take that away. So you know, that's to everybody out there, you know, that that has the jokes or whatever. That being said, look, man, we all know that the possibility of him opting in was very slim. The man, and it has been reported over and over and over again, look, how's the business, man? They're smart. I'm pretty sure that four years ago when they got together, the way these contracts were structured, they were structured with this in mind because they understood and knew that they could not continue to make this type of money you know, over the course of the next five years. So all of them wanted to give themselves flexibility in terms of what they plan on doing moving forward. Look, nobody, look, they didn't, you could project how successful this would be just based on the greatness of the players themselves, all three of them, but you still don't know what the results will be when you fast forward for years from, you know, from, you know, where they were. So, that being said, you had to make sure that you put yourself in a position to make a move if you needed to make a move, if things didn't work out. What if Bosch and Wade didn't get along? What if Wade didn't want to concede, you know, being the, the second guy on the team like he did in, in uh, 2012? What if he still wanted to be the top dog? Then they started bickering. So, there were a lot of variables that nobody could account for. So you have to understand that, and you have to make sure that you you leave some options available for you if this experiment didn't work four years later. So more than likely, this guy will be back in Miami. I think he understands, and he's on record of saying that they need to need help and that there's some things that they, they need to do, as well as Pat Riley, what, retool, not rebuild. So um, he wants to make sure that he's going to step out there as the leader that he constantly, you know, put out there and says in every damn press conference as the leader of the team, hey, I'm, I will make the first move. But, and I could be wrong, but trust and believe, I think they have already discussed what they plan on doing in a little, you know, in, in a small little bit, not in full detail, but they've already given this some thought, so... You know, the timing of this was a little shocking, but it's like, look, let's not wait. Let's not wait any longer. Let's go ahead and just put this out here. Let me go ahead and make the first move. Let's get together. Let's decide on what we're going to do as an organization, as a player, as to what type of adjustment we'll make to our game, you know, and, and what type of help that we need and what we need to do to improve this thing. Because they're right now the three of them, they're only concerned about one thing, and that's winning championships. And the way they're structured now, contractually, they won't be able to do that. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO man? Um, Brian has opted out, man. Where do you think he's going to end up next basketball season? <clears throat> um, you know, me and Ken don't typically agree. Um, and I, I think he's rarely. Much like, <laughs> yeah, we, we rarely. You know, sometimes it's, it's special when we do, though. So, you know, it's a special situation. I, I think LeBron <laughs> most likely winds up in Miami next year as well. Um, I, I think, you know, as any great player, I think that we've never seen the transcendent star of his time always have options. You know what I'm saying? Like LeBron has the ability to move twice in his prime. 
you know, Jordan, you know, obviously they all hit free agents. You know, they all could have been free agents, but they were always signed to one team. You know, I, I think that's just a sign of the times. It's 2014. Uh, you know, players make more money. It, it, it's just the time is just crazier, and I, and I think that this is what you're probably going to not see anymore. So I think LeBron is probably like, like this class because with the new CBA, they're getting five-year max deals a lot sooner after two years. So, you know, but um, but but I think it's great. I think it's great for LeBron to opt out. And like Ken said again, Pat Riley and them, they made their contracts for this specific reason because you can project, but so far you never know. What if D-Way would have had a serious knee injury right now? And what if you had him locked in for five years straight? Like that would really hurt you right now, paying this man $21 million. But by having him opt out, now you can retool. And he was 100% right during his press conference. People just get a grip. It's not about completely redoing. Like, you still have LeBron, and you have a record $50 million in salary cap space. We can pretty much do what the hell we want to do. Right. And, and, and that's what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, again, how much does everybody take less? I don't know. And, you know, the person to watch... At the end of the day, all three of them need to opt out for this to really work. Because if D Wade opts in or Box opts in, then I think that show. I think that signals for LeBron. Everybody should know he's out. If right. D Wade opts in for twenty-one million dollars and buys another twenty, that's forty million of the fifty million in cap state. LeBron's gone. Definitely, definitely, definitely. What what about you, B? Um, what's your take? What do you think LeBron's going to end up next year? He's gonna be in Miami. I mean, you know, this like 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 people said, man. I think I think that was kind of smart for him to opt out now to kind of see, kind of make it like a chess move to the Miami organization and to the rest of the you know to the other uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh to see what they're gonna do because yeah, he I, you're right, people. I think if they do opt in. And get all that bread and not make room for, you know, to see. Because that's what, that's what LeBron is doing. Is he's trying to see, okay, you know, this is my this is my next chess move. What are you going to do, Miami? So I want to see, mm-hmm. are y'all serious about trying to put the piece together? And if y'all not, if y'all going to pay Dwayne Wade, you know what I'm saying, $20 million, someone who's not even going to play a full season, <laughs> you know, and, and, and probably right. after when he disappeared in the NBA Finals, then, yeah, I think I think LeBron is going to leave because that's going to show him. He's gonna be like, wait a minute, they 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 giving these two guys as much money. Where's the room for the to add pieces? Where's the room to add, you know, these particular type of players? So yeah, I think it's a great chess move by LeBron to go ahead and opt out first and try to test test the market a little bit and see what other teams are gonna offer him or or you know et cetera. See what what, what teams gonna say. So I think it's a good move. But at the end of the day, I think Miami is gonna either panic or they're gonna jump to it and try to do something to keep LeBron James. At their organization, so I think he's still going to be there. Not a percentage-wise, you know, it's kind of it's kind of flaky. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to end up. He's going to still be in Miami Heat by the end of this, by the beginning of this upcoming 2014-15 season. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I wrote down a couple of places, man. I thought that I, I think LeBron could end up, and, and I, I want to throw these out before I give you my final verdict. Um, Chicago. Uh, if the if the Bulls are interested in Carmelo, they definitely have to be interested in, in LeBron. Um, how that will work out, I'm not exactly sure because I, I know that they would probably have to amnesty 
call us Boozer. They probably have to get rid of guys like uh, Mike Dunleavy and probably move around some draft picks to make that happen. Um, but it's a possibility. Um, also, Houston. Uh, it would give them that inside-outside punch with uh, um, Dwight Howard and uh, what's the guy, James Harden, and then you know LeBron. So he would have a wing. He would have uh, and, a, and a post presence. You know, similar to what he has in Miami. Then you got guys like uh, Chandler Parsons and, and other guys off the bench. And I think the only thing they would have to do to get cast space would have to move um, Omar Sheik and uh, uh, what's the guy's name, Jeremy Lin. They'd have to get rid of him too. Um, not that he's exactly tearing up the <laughs> tearing it up like how he once was before. Um, Cleveland, for sentimental reasons, even I don't think there's a snowball chance in hell that he'd go back to Cleveland. Foreign Cleveland is, you know, they've got a brand new coach who came from Europe, uh, which I don't understand whatsoever. But that's another story for another day. New coach, new I like GM. The move, though. <laughs> What'd you say? I said I like that move. The Cavs head coach. I think he's the right guy. You think so? Okay. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know anything about him to criticize him. I just know that he hasn't coached in the NBA. He's coached, I think, close to 20 years in the, in the um, overseas. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're coaching, you're coaching, I guess. Um, they've got a new uh, GM as well. Um, you know, they've got the first round draft, first overall pick. So, you know, they can they can do a couple of things, but um, I don't. I think Cleveland's a long shot. Uh, uh, I mean, a extremely long shot. Um, L.A. Lakers. Um, it was rumored earlier today that they're possibly trying to move Nash uh, to clear up some space. Um, you know, would LeBron want to go play with Kobe? Um, I don't know how close they are. I know that, you know, they've always talked about how close Carmelo and LeBron are. are. Um, I think it sounds good, but, you know, if if you can't, it's got to be more than just LeBron and Kobe. We still don't know what Kobe's going to be when he comes back. Um, I know you Laker fans hate to hear that, but that's the truth. (laughs) Um, uh, Another team I wrote down here was the Clippers. Uh, Chris Paul, LeBron, and Blake Griffin would probably make them contenders in the West. I think you'd probably favor them over San – at least I would favor them over San Antonio with Doc Rivers. Uh, but the one problem I see that would stand in the, in the way of LeBron going there would be uh, this whole Donald Sterling thing. I think that would be – I think that's problematic. I mean, I, and I don't think that issue is going to be resolved anytime soon. And I think LeBron has been publicly – you know, <clears throat> he publicly crapped on um, on Donald Sterling – I don't think he would go play for him as, as long as he's the owner of the team, even if he's still in a legal battle. Um, another team I have written down that has some cap space, young players, <clears throat> is um, Phoenix Suns. Um, they really don't have a lot. They've got a bunch of young players. They have the cap space, but I think if LeBron went there, he would have to he'd have to bring somebody else with him. Um, ultimately, that saying all of that, I think he goes back to Miami. Um, much like FIFA, I think it's it's really about him putting the cards down on the table now, saying, "Hey, this is what it is. You guys have to step up." You know, Pat Riley came out last week and said what he had to say, and now it's on it's on them. They have to step up to the plate going forward and make it happen to surround him with players. Um, but the interesting thing is going to be once he sits down with Wade and Bosh, what comes of that meeting? Um, I understand that they're supposed to meet probably sometime within the next couple of days. And that's going to be a key, because if those guys take more money, like FIFO said, LeBron's got to bounce. He's not going to take less, and he's not going to – I mean, I know he's close with Wade, but Wade shouldn't be making more than LeBron. I'm sorry. It's just – that shouldn't happen at all. So 
We'll see. We'll see. Uh, anybody got anything else they want to add to that? Um, yeah, I, look, honestly, I, I don't think Cleveland is as, as far a chance as, as, as you would say, though, Kyle, uh, mainly because look, I, I think that it would have been a lot better if, you know, Joel Embiid didn't get hurt again, and that's who they drafted, right. and he would have been healthy in a, in a perfect world because now that gives LeBron the big man he never really played with. Galskis was supposed to be that, but, you know, Galskis, he, he got Galskis late. If he would have got like if if Rockets was younger with LeBron, that really would have been a problem because he was really talented. But either way, you get Joel, you get Kyrie. That that now that's a now that's a better big three than than, than what he had in Miami, mainly because it fits better. And then also, you know, maybe you know, and I, I know Chris Broussard, ESPN reported this, but I, I 100% agree if. They can flip that number one pick for Kevin Love. And you put Kevin Love, Kyrie, and LeBron together. That they fit better than the than the big three in Miami, mainly because Kevin Love does what. Yeah, Kevin Love does what Bosch had to make himself do. You see what I'm saying? Like already, Kevin Love's a better rebounder, and he is a better three point shooter. Then you have Kyrie, where he's been injured like Wade, but at this point in his career, he, he's still only like 22. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? D-Wade's D- D- 32. That's 10 years difference. So if you guys can compete and, and, and win some championships, Kyrie's most likely going to stay, and that'll extend LeBron's career So and, and, and Cleveland. So I, I, I think that if Cleveland makes the right moves, they can maybe land him, but I think that the David Black. I think that's his name. The, the, I, I yeah, David Black. Black. <clears throat> David Black, the coach. I think that for a rebuilding project, he's the right coach. For a championship with LeBron, I don't know at that point. You know, but them taking the number one pick this year, having already what they have, I think he's the right coach for that situation. Getting LeBron, you know, because LeBron automatically votes through the championship status. So I don't know if he right. can handle those type of expectations and pressures, even though I'm, you know, reading up on him, I know that he's had, he's, he's had a lot of pressure situations as a coach, but, you know, that, that's, that's different. Like, that's, you know, we got to win, like, in the next two years. Right. You know, so that, that's, that's, that's kind of difficult. But, so you know, if you had to put a percentage on it, how, what, what kind of percentage would you say for Cleveland? Because I'm thinking, like, maybe 10%. You said it's, you said it's not as far-fetched as that. If you had to put a percentage on it, what would you say? I would say about, about 20 um, ma- ma- mainly because I have to see what D-Wade does. I have to see what the other two of the big three do. If they opt in, then I say that percentage goes way the hell up. But, you know, right. but again, I-, I don't know I don't know if LeBron wants to go and play with, you know, the number one pick of this draft and Kyrie. Like, maybe that's too young, you know what right. I'm saying, to actually compete for a championship. So I-, I-, I don't know. So that's what I'm saying about 20, 25%. Um, but I don't think it's as you know, not not ninety percent that he's coming back to Miami. Okay. Well, okay. The other I thing got I, you. I, yeah, I, I want to add is that if somebody, you know, one of you guys said this. I think it was it was Pepo. Uh, if they do opt in, Wade and Bosch, then mm. what what this move does is that it it allows Melo and LeBron to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. About together now Because Melo has, has given himself Some options now that he's opted out And mm-hmm. um, So when you look at Melo Can you blame him 
you know, yes, New York was bad. They had a, a, a cap uh, front. They had a nightmare, actually, because of the way that team was ran and the way they structured it. I think Miami learned from that. But, um, right. but also, you know, I think that, you know, they get a chance to get together. So Melo opts out of a of pretty much a bad team that didn't have the pieces that he needed to win. And LeBron did the same thing because he knew they needed more pieces to win. So now, like you guys said earlier, if they do opt in now, uh, like, yeah, yeah, LeBron can look this like, well, I don't need to be here. Mello, let me holler at you. <laughs> well, <Yep. laughs> you know, and, and, and you know go. what, Ken? You know, um, there, there have been reports saying that uh, Atlanta might be looking into clearing enough salary cap space to maybe go after them both. So, hey, look, I, I'm going to tell you like this. I probably can't afford season tickets, but I will be at a lot of games this upcoming year. All right, all right, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, man. So, you know, we we are in Atlanta, right? How would mm-hmm. you guys feel about Mel? Because when was the last time we had a real star like that? I don't know how long you guys have been here, but um, I've been here since 97. Not in the time I've been. Not a, I mean, Steve Smith was the star when I got here. But he wasn't like stars. I mean, like I mean, he was an all star, and Matumbo was an all star. But they weren't like stars. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like Joe Johnson was a you know he was an all star, but he wasn't a star. I mean, Joe, you could walk past Joe Johnson in the grocery store and know who the hell he was. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I would probably say since Dominique, man. I mean, that's I, I, that's my guess. So can you How talk would... about in basketball yeah. or just general? Because just general, I would say probably Mike Vick was the last one. Oh, yeah, Vick. Gen- yeah, Vic, generally definitely. speaking. But yeah, basketball, basketball, yeah. But yeah. Meek? Meek? Yeah, yeah. I definitely say Dominique. It, it was, to me, to me, when I when I read that, it just, it felt odd. Because we haven't had one, you know, for, since I, you know, and like you, Kyle, I, I've been here since uh, 1999. We haven't had that. We had a team that won off of a right. star, Joe Johnson, but we haven't had an MVP caliber player like LeBron or even a Melo if Melo came here. But to land them both in the city of Atlanta, that would that would feel weird as hell to me. <laughs> I don't know how you how would you guys feel about that, man? Like LeBron and Melo, maybe Jeff T. Pairing up the league here in Atlanta. Uh, man, I would love it. Uh, I don't. I, I I get. I get passes to games to at least like ten games a year for free. Uh, I definitely make sure I take and I take advantage of all the passes I get. But um, yeah, I probably I probably would be like FIFA. I'd, I'd be at every game or at least every game that I could go to. Um, I, I, as a fan, because I'm a Hawks fan, I try not. To, when I read it, I try not to get my hopes up because I know it's. It's a shot to win. I mean, a lot of things would have yeah, to happen. Yeah, Obviously, obviously, like I said, this all hinges on Wade, but um, you know, and Wade and Bosch as far as what they do. But um, yeah, I, I would love it, I, especially for the city. I would love it. There's nothing, oh, and you know, I love it. Atlanta's like a, a mini Hollywood, but you know, uh, you know, it's a it's a star town, hip hop, you know, whatever, and everything else, right? But what value out? Out of being able to put together a team, what else could LeBron gain from the city? Because there's a lot that he does city right that he can do in the city of Miami. 
just the fact that they don't have patents is enough. But, you know, Miami is Miami, right? But Atlanta is likely different. So, you know, to come to Atlanta and to be that type of star here, what else in the city would attract them outside of winning when he could go win elsewhere? You know what I'm saying? That's well, I, I think, think if, 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 the, if, if you could pair him with a Carmelo and he could get paid and Carmelo could get paid, and then you still got to still have a young nucleus in Jeff Teague and Al Horford coming off of injury. You got an all-star in, um, in Paul, um, Paul uh, Millsap. Um, you know, I don't know about your bench. I mean, you probably bring guys like Lou Williams off the bench. I don't know how much better your bench would be than Miami's bench, but, you know, he has to look at whatever situation he's in, and if he leaves where he is, you know, outside of himself, he has to ask, him, ask himself, is this situation better than where I'm going or where, where I'm coming from? Now, like you said, if, if Wade and Bosch opt in, then they pretty much force his hand. I mean, he doesn't have a choice at that point. Because he's not, I mean, if Wade, for, for those of you listening, Dwayne Wade is the key, okay? Dwayne Wade, if he opts into his contract, he would be getting paid $20 million. Yeah, that's, that's too Dwayne much. Dwayne Wade is not, not even close to worth making $20 million a year. I mean, we saw yeah. that. And, and the sad part about watching Wade is – what we saw in the finals and in the playoffs, that's pretty much what, what you're going to get. You know, some nights he's hot, some nights he's not. Slander. I, I'm, yeah, kid, I'm telling the truth. That's the truth, true. kid. We're not, we're, he's not going to take a miracle drug and just turn out and be better. And unless he huh. develops, uh, I mean, he, he, Dwayne Wade doesn't even have a three-point shot. For as great as he is, he doesn't shoot three ball well. He doesn't even take a lot of three-point shots. You know, and I mean, it doesn't help. The Bosch is out there choking him up, you know, like he is. So He never it, wanted you know, to take that shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my, my point is is that, you know, it, it's you can't pay Dwayne Wade. To, I mean, and I, it, is it wrong to ask him to take a pay cut? No, I don't think so. I mean, not if he wants to win. Now, if he wants to get paid, I mean, then, yeah. I mean, I know he got baby on the way, about to get married. I, I understand all of that, but I'm just saying. He's not even going to play a full season. He's not even going to play exactly. a full season. Exactly. Sometimes, man, you got to move right away and let the big dog eat, man. You ain't the big dog no more. That's my problem. Man, what's the next topic, man? What's the next topic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Tom Kyle. Joined by my partners in crime. You know I'm from Dead End Hip Hop. My man B, my man Kid, and my man FIFO. Uh, make sure that you hit us up, 646-478-0356. Um, Speaking of opting out, we, we touched on him just there briefly, man, Carmelo Anthony. He told the New York Knicks yesterday that he was going to opt out of his contract. I don't think that that necessarily – I guess it's kind of hard to say. It depends on who you ask whether or not it came as a surprise. Um, so I'll start with you, FIFO, man. Where, where, where's Carmelo going to be next year? I think his best option is Chicago, um, and I really think that that's probably where he's going to end up. I think that – you know, he said what was important to him was a big market. You know, more 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 than winning for Carmelo. You know, he he is more of a me guy. You know, and and it is what it is. I think I think Chicago is big enough. But you know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, his wife is Lala. She mm-hmm. you know she's her career has now taken a really good turn in terms of acting. So now, you know, is L.A. really viable? Because Carmelo wants to be in a big market, you know. It, 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 I know Chicago's the third largest market in the NBA, so 
you know, maybe maybe Chicago will be big enough for him, but I think that Chicago is the best fit for his services. So, uh, and, and you know, for him to win now, like, what, well, he's been 11, 12 years in the league now. You know, last year was the first year he missed the playoffs, but he's he's never even played in the in the conference finals, has he? Or just one time? I think once he made it to the Western Conference Finals with the yeah, um, he did, he did, he, he did, and I think they lost to L.A. The then yeah, they champ, did. I think they was, lost to L.A. Yeah, they lost to L.A. and I think in either six or seven games. Yeah, they went to the Western yep. Finals. Yep. So, so you know, eleven or twelve years, only one time to the conference finals, and, and you're a prolific scorer. You're always top five, you know, in the league of scoring. So, you know, I, I think for his legacy, he understands that he has to win now. And I don't like the fit in Houston um, with him and James Harden and Dwight. I, I just I don't think that that fits right. I think that he fits in Chicago because, you know, let's be honest. Thibodeau is not the greatest offensive coach or offensive mind in basketball. He hangs his hat on defense and, you know, typically has a top ten defense. So with that being said, Carmelo's always a top five scorer, so you're going to get the offense. And even when you ball down, when nobody else can score, Melo will get you buckets. And if that's not good enough, Joe Kim will make some plays. And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm really thinking that D. Rose is going to be 100%. So once he gets into his basketball shape and rhythm, there goes another scoring option. So I think that Chicago is, is his best bet because even without a 100% D. Rose or even without D. Rose, Thibodeau will have the rest of the guys ready to play. Melo, get your arm ready because you're going to shoot till it's tired, bro. <laughs> definitely, definitely. What, what about you, uh, What about you, B? Where, where do you think he's going to end up, man? Shottown. He's going to number shot. I mean, I've been saying this for a minute. Shottown, he don't have to guard the best player because he's going to have other four guys on the floor that can guard, you know, that can guard the – Guard, you know, some of their best players. Well, he didn't have to guard the best player because you're going to have Noah. You're going to have uh, Todd Gibson. You got Jimmy Butler. And, you know, you got D. Rose, Kurt Heinrich, or, or DJ Augustine. You got guys out there that can defend the ball. All you got to do is get buckets. If Chicago has been making to the, you know, second round in the playoffs without a score, can you just imagine what they would do with Carmelo? So I think Carmelo has to know this that Chicago is the best place for him if he wants to win now. If he wants to get that ring in the next, you know, in that next three-year gap space, he needs to go to Chicago, flat out. I mean, uh, you know, at this point, he's, in, he's entering his 11th year in his NBA career. You know, he's, he's heading towards the end of his prime of his years. So, and I think him staying in New York will be stupid. I mean, I, you know, I really do. Just for him to be, if he want to be patient and then take less money that Phil Jackson wanted him to take, and be less patient to build it. Look, cause still, that roster is like garbage right now. Like that Knicks roster is terrible. So that gives Phil Jackson another what, two or three years, four years to get that roster to where he wanted to be. You think Carmelo at his 11th year want to wait for that? No, Carmelo want to get a ring. I think I think at this point he wants to win. He he sees LeBron get a ring. He's you know D Wade, uh, Kevin Durant played in the finals at least once. I mean he he wants to get there. So. I think Chicago is the best bet. Hell no to Houston Rockets because he just be it'll be him and him and Harden will be will be arguing about who shoots the ball pretty much. He needs to go to Chicago. Better better coach there. He just needs to go to Chicago flat out, plain and simple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about you, kid? Where where do you think Melo ends up, man? 
Yeah, man, I think uh, I, I think Chicago is. I, I think they need a guy like him. Uh, he's always been that one miss, that that one piece that they've always lacked was a was a prolific scorer like Melo, who can go out and, and and get you a bucket when you need. It. And also, it would take off, you know, take away some of the offensive load off of Derrick Rose from having to do so much, and he can turn turn back into less of a scoring point guard. Point guard and more to like a scoring facilitator point guard um, that I would personally like to see because I think he's had to do so much, too much, far too much since he's been on that team. And um, and I think his body's starting to pay for it, and we haven't had a chance over the last two years to see Derrick Rose play and enjoy the greatness that we all saw coming. So, um, so yeah, I think Chicago would be a, a, a great fit for him. But, man, I think he, man, he's going to end up in Miami, man. I don't know why y'all sitting in his <laughs> in Chicago, wait, 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 kid. Hold on, kid. So you you saying the, you saying that the Big Four is gonna happen? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm calling it now, man. Right here on Dead End Sports, man. I, I, you know what? They didn't leak that story for nothing. Now. You know, you know, they didn't they didn't leak uh, leak that story for nothing. The timing was odd. I think they're just playing this all out in the public, and they're trying to kind of you know, this is chess, Kyle. This is chess. This is exactly what it is. This is not checkers. You, 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 look at look at look at the timeline of everything. The story came out. They, the Heat lost in the finals. They got smacked. Then all of a sudden, LeBron, less than a week it seems later, after all of this talk about he has a facade, he wanted to go on vacation with his family. His boy Melo opts out, and then all of a sudden, LeBron today went ahead and, and threw his hat in the ring, and then he's going to talk to his boys, Wade and Wade and Bosh, and be like, "Yo, man, let's let's go do this, man. Let's go get Melo." You know what I'm saying? And and now LeBron doesn't have to score. But the burden of a score won't have to be on LeBron. It won't have to be on Wade as much. And they can just go ahead and do what they do, man, and just dominate the league, man, and go to the to the finals like three more times. Not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight. But I'm talking about <laughs> nine, six, twelve times, man. That's what Tennessee. Miami, man. Miami thought. But I got well, I disagree. I, I don't. I don't know financially how they could make that happen. With and I think if you if you put all four in the team, I think financially they. I don't. I don't know how you. I don't know how you can feel the team. You know, outside of those four. I mean, like you might you have to. a bunch of bunch of dudes making like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Um, that being said, man, I think I think Chicago, man. I got to go with FIFA and B, man. I think. Chicago is a good fit, even though, you know, Tibbs is not a defensive coach per se. Um, I think uh, <clears throat> when you put him in the right situation, because even Mike Woodson's first year in, in uh, New York, Carmelo played defense, and they played, and the Knicks were, Mike Woodson, not his first full year, I think, um, when he took over D'Antoni, I think they, you know, they, they were up in the top as far as defense um, in the NBA. So I, I think he can play defense. You know, I think the Knicks asked him to do a lot. And, and I mean, you guys have heard me on here. I, I You know, I hate the Knicks. But I have been – people call me a Carmelo apologist. I, I just think that Carmelo's gotten a lot of blame for a lot of stuff that he can't do. I mean, like, I don't know how you can expect him to come back to that team. First and foremost, I don't really – just based on the comments publicly, um, I don't know that Phil Jackson necessarily wanted Carmelo. I'm going to be honest. Nope. Um And – I mean, one of my boys was talking today, he made a good point. He said, you know, he said he thinks that Carmelo, Carmelo's biggest mistake was saying at the All-Star break with that he would take less money. 
you know, so Phil comes in and Phil's kind of, you know, he he he, play, he piggybacks off of that. And, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's expecting Carmelo to come in and give him a discount. I mean, you, you can't play for less and then, you know, add on top of that with a, you know, rookie head coach, um, a guy who we don't even, at this point, we really don't know if he can coach or not. So it's it's a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces. So I I just don't know. Um, I think I think Chicago's a good fit, man. I think Chicago's one of those teams, man. For me, as a basketball fan, they're fun to watch because those guys, they especially like these last couple of years when they haven't had Rose, they are scrappy, man. They they will get after it. They notice that you might have them out, man. They know that they may be undersized, but they got a lot of heart, man. Guys like Noah. And um, Ty Gibson, um, even Boozer to some degree, you know, got a lot of heart. So I like the way they play, and it, it seems like everybody seems to play like that for Thibodeau. So I think, you know, you put a healthy Rose with uh, with Carmelo. I mean, Scott. I mean, Rose, Melo, and, and Noah. I mean, that's your big three right there. You know, I, I think they can contend with. Assuming that Miami brings you know their squad back, I think you know they could they could be contenders in the East as well. So. I mean, we'll see, but I, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> unlike him, man, I don't foresee Carmelo going to Miami. Sounds nice, but financially, I don't know how they would. I mean, like, the last guy on the bench would probably be making like thirty dollars or something like that. I mean, I don't, I don't think you get a. I don't think that they could do that. But uh, you know, strange things All happen. Right. <laughs> oh well, yeah, we heard it first. We got it marked down, man. July, I mean, excuse me, June twenty fourth, right, two thousand fourteen. That ain't happening. Can't Kansas troll him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's only All just right. something for us to to go back and, re- and reference to. Once it happens, we can we can play it back. I got it. Marked. Yeah, we definitely gonna play that back. Please, let's play that back. <laughs> play that back. Hey, yeah. hey, but but yo yo, like real talk though. Look look, and B B, you kind of said this, man. And I wanted to kind of go back to it. Everybody uh-huh. jumped on LeBron's case for quote unquote chasing championships, and can I? Can I make an argument that Melo is kind of doing the same thing? Like, he wants to win, he wants to win now, and people are not really jumping on him for wanting to actually get a chip. But you know what it is, Ken? It's two two things. Carmelo has never been a free agent. And number two, he forced his way out of Denver. He was on a good team. He forced his way out. So his situation has been different than LeBron. And Carmelo's position in the NBA has never been as the greatest. LeBron was damn near dubbed that from day one. So, so, so it's, it, they've they've had different career paths. So I don't think that it's fair to make that judgment against them. I think that that's more fair on a Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant is supposed to be the best of the next class, like the next generation. Carmelo's in that same generation with LeBron, and Carmelo is always considered at best the number two. You know, at times D Wade was better than him, even Bosh. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that Carmelo was ever like like his position was to be the best of that class. So I I, th- I, I think that's slightly unfair to Carmelo. To, wait, I, I don't know, man. I think because it, it's just like you said, like he forced his way out of Denver. Mm-hmm. So you know that was a selfish act. Similar to LeBron's, I guess if you want to call no, it no, because he, no, because you just said that LeBron gets flack for chasing titles. 
Carmelo never chased titles. He chased what he wanted, which was a major market, and that's why he forced his way to New York. People are not getting on him because he didn't go chase a title. This is the first time in 12 years that he's a free agent. So this is the time now. What else? He made his money. He played where he wanted to play. He, every year that he was in Denver since his rookie year, he made the playoffs in the West. I proved so that you don't, you don't look at So you don't look at, at his moves as being selfish, wanting to play in a bigger market, wanting to get away with Denver. You don't, you don't think that's a selfish act by, by Carmelo? Of course I do, Ken, but I, I, th- I thought the basis of the argument you was making was that that if Carmelo is going to get black for chasing a title at this point in his career, and all I'm telling you is, is that his career traje- trajectory and actually how it played out was different than LeBron. Yeah. LeBron, like I said earlier, he has had he's the only he's the only basketball superstar, especially a transcendent player of his time, to have so many options in his career. I'm just saying that Carmelo didn't do that. Carmelo's you know, and, and to, to piggyback on what you're years. saying, FIFO, I think I think part of the issue, and what FIFO was was getting at too, Ken, is that LeBron caught a lot of flack because he went to go play with D Wade. Even though it was LeBron's team, people looked at it as, you know, you went to go play with somebody else as opposed to saying, hey, y'all come play with me. You know what I'm saying? Like he should. People felt like he should have gotten Wade and Bosh or whomever to come to, to, to Cleveland to play with him. And they were saying that people on his level don't go someplace else to go play with somebody else. You you basically bring the crowd to you. You don't go to the crowd. I I think that's crazy, but people have to understand, man, it's, it's a different day and time. And to answer your question, Ken, the reason why he's not going to get that kind of flack because, you know, LeBron is, is the chosen one. I mean, people... He he's had that staple on him from day one since you know he dribbled, you know he stepped on a basketball court probably in the, in the eighth grade or something like that. And I think you know the expectations has always been high, and and he's lived up to the hype. I think, in my opinion, he's far exceeded the hype. You know, but there are going to be people, there are going to be the detractors that say, well, you know, you just don't do that. You 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 know you don't jump from team to team. But they got to understand that this is what was collectively bargained by the CBA, like FIFO said earlier. You know, once the new CBA comes up, you know they'll figure out a way not to keep to keep players from circum. Because basically, what the players are doing is circumventing the system. They did not they they put a salary cap in place to say to keep players from you know hopping around from team to team and saying, okay, well you you can't play this guy, you know, give him a seven million, seven year contract for one hundred twenty million dollars. They wanted to knock that down. So, you know, players have gotten smarter and they figured out a way to circumvent the system. And I'm pretty sure. By the time the next CBA comes up, they'll figure out a way to stop this from happening. But guys have figured out that, you know, they have to do what they have to do to maximize their potential. And I was telling, you know, one of my coworkers today, I said, it's, it's, it's like that's business one-on-one. You have to maximize your earning potential. The truth of the matter is you'll make more money at 40 years old than you will at 24. And you'll make more at 40 than you will at 65. So you have to do what you have to do to maximize your earning potential because it's only going to go downhill from here. You know, I mean, LeBron, this is LeBron's big contract. He's probably not going to see a contract this big again because he'll be on the downside of his prime, much like where Wade is. You know, and I'm not saying he won't be able to get paid, but the expectations were high for LeBron. So that's why, you know, he's not going to catch – that's why Melo's not going to catch the same flack. And like people said, 
he was Melo was never a free agent, so this is his first go round. Melo wants to be recruited, he wants to be wooed, he wants to be wined and dined, he wants to be pitched to. And I think that's what we're seeing the results of. Pity parties. <laughs> what are you talking? No one can. This is Ken's troll night. I, I, I get it. I, I see it. That's cool. <laughs> Six four six. Four seven eight zero three five six. Man, you are locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle. Battling a cold in the summertime, but I'm good, baby. I am good. Got my boys with me, FIFO, Ken, and B. Man, we're Dead End Sports. Hit us up at Dead End Sports on Twitter. Um, next question, man. We're talking NBA. We're talking about the draft as well. Um, Joel Embiid from Kansas, man. Uh, he he's injured again. Um, during the season, I guess what the end of the season it was his back. Uh, he, of course, he's the center from uh, Kansas. Um, many thought that he would be the number one draft pick in the uh, NBA. That you know that happens on Thursday. Um, now he's got a foot injury, a foot injury that's going to keep him out um, for a. <clears throat> I'm not even sure if they know the timetable on how long he's going to be out. Um, B, how does how does Embiid's uh, injury affect this year's draft? Oh, it affected big time because, you know, here you got a dude that was pretty much projected to go to number one overall. And, you know, now granted to, to you know, his defense, yeah, he has a fractured foot. That's completely different from ankles and knees, man. You know, especially on the big guy, you know, on the big club. But, you know, yeah, he has a fractured foot. That can probably, that's probably not as scary or not as iffy as a, as, as a knees injury. So, but I can still see why people are like, "Oh, wait a minute, another Sam Bowie, another Greg Oden." Right. You know, he had a, he. Had, I think he had. A, I think he injured his back too in um in this series. I think, but in Kansas too. So you know, it's a lot of red flags. Once once they found out he had that fractured foot, it was like, oh. So, but my thing is, I mean, okay, who gonna take the chance on him? I still think he can still be a top ten draft pick. I mean, if Norris Noel can be a top. You know, a top pick, and look what happened to him. He he bust he busted his knee in his college career, and he still ended up being drafted pretty high. He just, but they, I see the team that draft. I think Sixers knew that they was going, they weren't going to have him for a whole year. So maybe a team might still, maybe a top ten team might still, top ten pick team might still get him, and they just might know, like, okay, if we get him, we are gonna sit him out his rookie year, let him get a hundred percent healthy, and he come back and be beastin'. But it does affect it now because you know it, it shakes things up a lot because it's like okay. Now Cavs looking at, you know, Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins as as the one or two picks. You know, and then it's like who's Philly who's Philly gonna get now at three? Because, you know, I'm pretty sure they was eyeing either one of either Wiggins or Jabari Parker. Now right. it looks like, you know, Parker and Wiggins are either gonna be going to um the Bucks or um Cleveland you know, Cleveland. So it's kinda like, okay, Sixers, who you got now, who you might, you know, end up trying to snatch up. But it's crazy. I mean, it's gonna be really interesting. I'm really interested to see what team is gonna take a chance on them. Like what team is gonna say be like, Okay, you know what? Yeah, he got a, a, a fractured foot or whatever, so on and so forth. It's not, it's not knees. You know what I'm saying? So I want to know who's going to take a chance. I'm, I'm definitely watching the draft this Thursday to find out who is no, going to no gamble doubt. on him. Because I, I, I have a feeling, you know, whatever team gambles on him, even if he, if he goes more than tenth, if he goes like fifteen or twenty or something, you think he'll fall that far? No, I would be shocked. I'm just saying, I would be shocked okay, if he okay, does okay. fall that far. Like I would be shocked if someone be really that scared because of you know, past centers that hurt themselves, and you know how their career ended up, Greg Oden, Sam Bowie, you know, right. so it's, it's just interesting, I'm really, really interested how how AD is going to shake up this draft and who's going to take the chance on them, but it shakes it up big time, because like I said, number one overall pick, 
Now, you know, I, I don't blame Cavs. But at the same time, I don't blame him for being, you know, oh, God, we shouldn't get him. But that's a heck of a talent, though. He's a good talent, though, once help. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. What about you, uh, FIFO? Um, how, how do you think his, his injury affects this year's draft? You know, like, like B, I think it definitely affects it immensely. And, you know, just like last year with the Cavs with the number one overall pick, you know, the well was supposed to be the big man taken. And uh, he had the ACL. He dropped the six, you know, to the Pelicans. Pelicans made that trade with Philly. This year, I, I think Embiid is going to probably go around the same range. I think starting, I don't think Philly's going to take him at three. Um, I think Orlando, I think I don't think he gets past the Lakers. Honestly, okay. I think that mm-hmm. his best fit, um, you know, uh, will pro- like long term would probably be the Lakers. But I think it's also interesting if Orlando takes him, mainly because I know they have a big man now with Vucevic. Uh, right. But Embiid's injury is going to take between four to six months to heal. So he's pretty much going to miss the, the entire season. So I think it'd be kind of smart to draft him, kind of stash him, and maybe see what you can, you know, move Vucevic for by mid-year and, and you know, tank again and, you know, get, get, get another high draft pick next year move the Aaron Aflalos and the Jameer Nelsons and, the, you know, some of the other veterans and really strip this team down, get young, be bad, get talent, and move on as and be with your centerpiece. You know, it'd be kind of crazy that they've already drafted Shaq, they drafted Dwight, and they have an opportunity mm-hmm. to really draft Joel Embiid. So, you know, it, it's kind of good karma for them. Uh, hopefully they do it right this time and really, right. you know, pay them when they need to pay them and get the the, the pieces around them to, to to really progress. But um, but you know, I I still think he's a top ten pick. I, I, he definitely does not fall past number seven. And you know, it, it, it's going to be really interesting. I think he's kind of like uh, the, the the outlier of the draft. You know, he, he's kind of like the wild card now. Um, and, and and you know, I think that. Are, he could arguably be the best person in, you know, 15 years out of this draft. You know, so so that's really hard to pass up. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Um, well, how, how do you think he affected the draft, man? Look, man, I, I, you know what? I, people showed me footage of this guy, and, and I liked what I saw a lot. Um, mm-hmm. it, it raised my mind viewpoint of the guy because, you know, I, I didn't see much of him in Kansas. Um, but I, I got to tell you, man, that, that foot injury would, would concern me with taking him as the number one pick, mainly because he, he has a history of, of injury. He was hurt in college. Now he's hurt again. And then, uh, I think, you know, I don't know if the back and, and the college, what, was his top, was his back hurt in college or? Yeah, yeah college. Yeah. Yeah, in college. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. All right. So let me tell you guys something. As, as a guy who has that problem, that shit don't go away. And for him to be, be, be that young, have a bad problem with the brain like that, and now his foot, it, I guess maybe the maybe he was, I don't know, his foot is messed up, a stress fracture or whatever. So I, I, I don't want any parts of it. I'm sorry. If there was a lack of other talent in this league, uh, in this draft, out you know, if, if I'm Cleveland and there was nobody else there to take a chance on, like <clears throat> the Wells was last year, then yeah, yeah, you, you, you take the guy and you roll the dice. 
but you got Parker, you got Wiggins, and you got Randall. So you got other quality players that you can go ahead and select that you don't take less of a risk with, even though Embiid might turn out to be, as people say, one of the best players in the league. But what if he don't? And we all saw that. I'm sorry. I know what you're saying, B. You're absolutely right. But, man, you just don't want another Odin on your on your roster. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Man. Okay, you know what, Ken? Parker, that would have looked bad on that sidelines, too, man. And you know what? Especially after taking Bennett last year. Like, you can't mess up two back, back-to-back number one picks. Like, you can't, you no. can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, so, no, not at all. So, not at all. I, I, you know, I still think he'll be a top top ten player. Um, I, you know, I think, yeah, he may not go past L.A. like uh, like one of you guys said. Um, you know, they, they could use a lot of help. And to get a guy that could potentially be a, a franchise big and a lead that don't have franchise big, but a guy that can run like that, then you, you go ahead and roll the dice and take that chance. But, yeah, if, you, if you're Cleveland or if you feel it, you don't really need him, you know, um, nah, man, Cleveland, when you got Wiggins and Parker there, you, you just scratch the beat off and, and, and let it ride. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, just for, for you, those of you listening, let me give you the lineup order. Um, as far as the draft goes, it goes one, of course, the Cavaliers. Number two goes to the Bucks. Um, three will be Philly. Uh, four will be uh, the Orlando Magic. Five, Utah Jazz. Six, Boston Celtics. Number seven, the L.A. Lakers. Um, number eight, Sacramento Kings. Uh, number nine would be the Charlotte Hornets, not Bobcats anymore. And number 10 will be the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, right now, let's jump to the phone lines. we got a call in line. Let's not keep waiting. Speaking of Philly, one of Philly's biggest fans, my man Q. Q, what up? Yo, yo, yo. What's going what on, man? Man, these, are, man. These, are, these are dark times. These are very dark <laughs> times. <laughs> Why do you say it's dark these times, man? dark times right now. All right, so I wake up last week, maybe around, was it, Thursday? And I just say, man, this is my, my luck again. Just This is what we get every year. And <laughs> I see my man Joel Embiid just had to break his foot or whatever it was. And I'm just like, okay, who we got now? I'm looking at every scenario. People say we trade Michael Carter-Williams, we're rookie of the year, and Daddy is young for number seven to L.A. They put it three. I see we trade Thaddeus, number three, 32, 48, and all of our second rounders to Milwaukee or Cleveland. I'm just so mad, man. I'm so mad because this man just had to go and get hurt. He just had to go and get hurt, and he messed up everything. Like, yo, if you're a Sixers fan right now, you're not happy with what just happened because the Bucks and the Cavaliers, they're, they're good. And I'm not even going to get into my hate for the Cavaliers, but it's just like, this is going to send shockwaves to the league because this potentially could have us drafting Dante Exum. Are you serious? Are you serious? We did not. He's hot. We did he's not. We did. We hot. did not tank for Dante Exum. We tanked for a chance at Andrew Wiggins or Jabari Parker. That's what we. That's what we tanked for. We didn't tank for no Noah Vonley. We didn't tank for that. We tanked for Andrew Wiggins or Jabari Parker at a backup. And the fact that we might have to deal somebody to even get this man or just even take Exum, who is basically just Michael Carter-Williams in Australia, it makes no sense. It just, dude, like, man, my scenarios, I'm going through every mock draft, 
just like scoffing at everyone. Just oh, eggs them to Philly, eggs them to Philly. Like yo, I'm so mad right now, man. Like Joel Embiid, man. If the Cavs are smart, they take Jabari. But I hope the Cavs are stupid come draft night. I hope they just, just like. I hope they just say, man, you know what? Maybe Joel is our guy. Like, I've seen reports saying that the Bucks are interested in Dante Exum, saying that they want a project to kind of pair with uh, their young core. I've seen everyone say the Cavaliers still haven't marked out Embiid, and the fact that he played through his injury, with his, right. through his stress fracture at their workout, says a lot about him. Four to six months. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, you know what? I, I read. You not to cut you off. Um, the sure. Cavs are very much undecided between Parker and Wiggins. Uh, they said they brought both in, both in for a workout. They said Wiggins did, sh- you know, did very well, shot the ball from outside very well. They said Parker, first and foremost, came in 15 pounds overweight from his playing weight at Duke. So, you know, that mm-hmm. means he's been sitting around eating pizza, drinking 40s, you know, mm-hmm. OE, you know, Cisco, stuff like that. You know, so he's been sitting around just lunching and not been on his grind, and, you know, so I don't know, maybe maybe Parker's trying to take so Cleveland don't take him. I don't know. But they're still undecided, so uh, it's, it's it's up in the air. But go ahead, I'm sorry. I do, I've seen, I seen a lot of scenarios, and I've seen people saying that the Bucks are still interested in Dante Exum. I've seen people saying that Hinky's going to make kind of a Vladi Divac deal on draft day, give Nerlens Noel away. Then Joel and B magically falls to number ten. And we could get Wiggins and then B. I've seen every scenario, and I'm just like, all right, I need, I need certainty, and I'm just, I'm anxious, nervous, and dude, I'm scared, man, because this was supposed to be the draft where the Sixers finally got on top, and we can still get on on top. Not nothing is decided. Cavaliers could goof up and just say, you know, we feel like Joel and B is taken, and everything will be right with the world, but. I'm not going to bring up the past, but I still am. But um, Blake Griffin tore his kneecap, man. Like, he just fractured his kneecap, and the Clippers still took him. I'm not saying that they were. I don't even know if they were going to pick that year. But he right. had season-ending surgery, like season-ending, not four to six months. Season-ending surgery was the same thing, I guess. And the Clippers still took him. Look where Blake is at now. I think that they're going, the Cavaliers are going through every scenario. I think they're saying that maybe we take him. Maybe we don't. We don't want another Odin. And they're like, man, we need somebody to attract LeBron James. But the thing is, why take Jabari if you're trying to get LeBron James? You're going to have to deal somebody out. Like, no one, like, Deion Waiters and Anthony Bennett, Jabari, and LeBron, you need, like, three-point shooters. And Jabari is a three-point shooter, I guess. He's not pure. You're going to need a lot of different pieces to come in to help that team. Sixers are in a very weird predicament, man, because everything was all good just literally a week ago. Everyone was like, okay. <laughs> like uh, Vicky said. <laughs> every, literally just a week ago, everything was great. It, it was it was Cavaliers take Embiid, Bucks take Jabari, and we take Wiggins. Because Jabari came out and said, oh, I, 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 I really wouldn't mind playing for the Bucks. Because Sixers interviewed uh, Andrew Wiggins. He said, okay, I'm cool with playing in Philly. I like playing in Philly. My dad played here. And then... Oh, and B said, I want to be the number one pick. So everything looked to be right with the world, but this man just had to go and get hurt. So that, that, so that being said, who who do you want? You're a Philly fan. Everybody knows you, you call up every week. You're, you're a big Philly uh, 76ers fan. Who do you want them to pick? I mean, we know Embiid is hurt. 
you know, mm-hmm. Philly sitting right there at three and then at ten. If you're the GM, you know, if you got to roll the dice, what do you do with that pick? Do you trade out of it? Because last year you guys went with Nolan's Nerlens Noel. Uh, he didn't mm-hmm. play this year. Um, so where do you go? Um, I say that there are a lot of different scenarios. Uh, I say that you trade up at least to one or two. I say you got to trade up to one or two. The Bucks are looking for a project. If you can get on the phone with the Bucks, come draft night and say, hey, did you like Exum? And they're like, yeah, we like him, but we still have Wade Wiggins right here and we're not going to pass up on him. But if we had to, we'd take him. I like him a lot. You say, all right, I'll trade you Thaddeus Young and three. You can still get your guy plus a player and two early second rounders. That's coming guys like Russ Smith, Glenn Robinson the third. You know, the guy from the center from Florida, good first-round talent that would have been maybe top 15 last year. You, If you pitch him that and the Bucks or the Cavaliers, like, you know what, that's a good deal, you make that trade most definitely, but you don't give up in 3-10. and 10. If you stay put at 3-10, and 10, you take Julius Randle at 3. I don't care if no one says I'm Dante Exum. Are you serious? You take Julius Randle at 3, and then you take either Nick Stauskas or Gary Harris or James Young from Kentucky. I would I, w- I wouldn't be mad if we took an all Kentucky draft because I like James Young. I like his three point shooting and I, I like, like the fact that he plays with his left. And I like Julius Randle. I think he can play with tenacity and he's strong above the rim. And you need rebounders. And you look at what Roy Hibbert did when he was doing good. He was he was a nightmare for a lot of different teams because he could rebound the ball. Now he's just you know trash. But if, if Randall can come in and do that, I'm glad. But my perfect draft day scenario is what I just said. You trade the you trade Thaddeus Young, who's only 25, and he's played so long in the league. He's been about here, what, six, seven years now? He's played yeah. in the league for a long time. He can still give you that 17 points a night, those three rebounds, and maybe those two assists. You give, you pitch it to Cleveland or Milwaukee. You say, I'll give you three guys and your pick. And... They give you the, the number one and number two, you have to take that. And then number 10, you stay put and you just draft who's available. If Julius Randle's there at 10, there's no doubt. Oh, man, he's right there. If MB is there at 10, there's no doubt. Also, if you don't want to keep 10, you can trade up to 8 because the Sacramento Kings said that they want to trade down. So, okay. man, this is one of the craziest drafts since probably the whole Kobe Vlade deal, in my opinion, because we're going to see some stuff. And especially if some of these players come out and just automatically just just start dropping numbers, everyone's going to be like, oh, you're an idiot for passing up on this guy. Oh, you're an idiot for trading this guy. It all just depends, man. I've seen people saying we might trade MCW, Rookie of the Year, so no one is safe. No wow, one is safe. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, that's what's up. That's what's up. You, you got anything else for us tonight, Q? Nah, man, but one more thing. Um, <laughs> y'all, y'all bugging uh, Melo, y'all need to stop ganging up on Ken. Ken is right. Y'all, y'all wilding. Melo, bro, he's like... He going to Miami? He might. He might. I'm going to he you. might. He's going... He goes where LeBron goes. I'm, I'm telling you like this. Melo is going to be... He's not going to like Miami. A, he will be a lot of They can't afford it, man. That, they, that can't... Not, not they don't matter. What we're saying is that... We, <laughs> excuse me. Me and people... We're not saying that it's, that he wouldn't want to go to Miami. We just don't think it's financially possible for him to go to Miami. Hashtag believe in Pat Riley. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Pat Riley's going to make that happen. And for Ken. 
Put me down. Put me down because Carmelo wants to play with LeBron James. I don't know. I'm saying that you are 100% right. Yes, there is no way. But in the NBA, anything is possible. And just like Kevin Garnett said, anything can happen. Like, anything can happen. So, we will see. Carmelo wants to play with LeBron James. And wherever LeBron goes, that's where Carmelo will go. If it ends up being Houston, great. I'm going to say this. LeBron, wherever he goes, that's where Carmelo goes. I'm going to make my prediction wider. Wherever oh, LeBron goes, Carmelo goes. Wherever it's, he it's goes. Not it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. All right. All right. All right. Hey, well, as always, you, man, we appreciate watch. you for calling in, man. All right, man. Y'all be good. All right, man. man. Peace. All right. Phone number Q called area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. So, Ken and, and, um, and Q are going to be wrong in, in a couple of days. We talked about Embiid, man. Ultimately, who do you think, uh, who do you, Ken, who do you think will draft Embiid? Where, where do you think he's going to go? Um, you know, I have absolutely. No idea, man. I don't know if it's a team like I don't know what Utah needs. I mean, they're in a, in, the, in a weird Utah's at five. Of, yeah, they're they're at five, and they could potentially get uh, a number one pick that slipped because of an injury. That you know, uh, you know, listening to B is you know could be um, relatively minute. You know, because players in 2014 with the type of uh, systems that we have in place now. Players like this can recover and come back and play. We've seen it with Blake Griffin. We've seen it with Amari Stoudemire, who's only really just came down because of age. So, you know, a, a foot fracture, yeah, he could potentially come around with it. My issue, my concern uh, with him, of course, is back. Um, that's a little bit different than, a, than breaking a bone. But um, if that holds up, you can still a pick at five. Or the, the Magic could still have at four, depending on what they need. I think, you know, I know they got Vucevic or whatever his name is, so they may not necessarily need a big guy right now, so they may not take that chance. But, um, you know, I, I think, man, if I'm Philly, you know, my, Philadelphia is my new favorite city. Um, you know, if I'm Philadelphia, <laughs> I, I'll take him. I'll, I'll take him. I will take that chance because you know why? They have two... Lot, they have two lottery picks. They have three and ten. And if he holds up, and you got him, Noel, that you, there's so much you can do just by having him on your roster all of a sudden. Because you don't know yeah. what's going to happen, Noel. Yeah, I would. I, I would, unless uh, you know Parker or Wiggins fall in your lap. But if not, fuck it. Roll the dice. Philly's going to get him. I'm, I'm going to call it right now. Philly. <laughs> okay, okay. The mock draft I'm looking at, uh, courtesy of draft, <coughs> excuse me, DraftExpress.com, um, has Wiggins going to the Cavs, Jabari Parker to the Bucks, and Embiid going third to uh, Philly. So <laughs> that boy, good boy. We'll see. Oh, and Dante Exum uh, to the Magic, uh, Noel Von Vonley to the Jazz at five. So. We'll definitely what? see how it plays out. Um, Philly gonna take the gamble? Wow, that, that'll be interesting if they take him. I've seen a couple of mock drafts showing them going there. So, okay. so, so you about to skip me, Kyle? Huh? Why not? But go ahead. People say don't don't leave him out. He got he got he got stuff to say, man. I'm sorry, go ahead, people. 
Yeah, man. Oh, honestly, bro, I, I really don't know where the hell Embiid is gonna go because because I think it's really interesting. I I, I you know I, I think like I, I really want Exum to go to Orlando because I think that's the perfect fit there. But then it's like, what does Utah take? You know, because I don't know if Derek Favors and Embiid can play together, but shit, you can trade Favors. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I I really don't think he gets past Orlando or Utah. I think he goes either four or five, and if they both pass on him, I I definitely know Boston is not. That Danny Ainge is hoping. I, I and honestly, I don't think if if they don't get him, B, he might trade down. Could you see him falling as far as uh, seven to the Lakers? <sighs> that that's tough. That that that's really tough. That's really 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 tough. Um, I think the Lakers are the last team because I really okay. I, I don't think Orlando can really pass them up. Um, but if they take Exum, I understand. Utah mm-hmm. Utah is the outlier because there isn't another player like like what are they going to take Vonley? Like like what like who are they really going to take that makes sense at number five if Joel's there? You know what right. Because especially if you know he's going to sit out. Favors just, I believe, last year just signed an extension. I don't, I don't yeah, think they're probably gonna. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna resign Gordon Hayward. Um, and if they do, like, because I know all year they couldn't really come to to, to a contract, um, you know, that both sides agreed to because Hayward wants near max, and I don't think he's worth that, and neither does Utah. So they might let him walk, and I and I think, you know, honestly, you guys, shit, I, I might tank one more time. You know, if I'm Utah, I think I might trade favors, you know, eventually. And um, it'll be Joel's team. Or, you know, maybe you can make them play together. But I really don't think he gets past Utah. So I I say Utah takes him. Utah or Orlando. Uh, The rest of this mock draft shows uh, Marcus Smart going to Boston at 6. Julius Randle from Kentucky going to the Lakers at 7. Aaron Gordon, uh, Power forward from uh, Arizona going to the Sacramento Kings. Doug McDermott from Creighton going to the Charlotte Hornets. And Nick Stauskas, uh, shooting guard going to from Michigan, going to the Sixers at 10. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it how it goes. Um, did we, B, did you say where you thought, he, thought he'd get drafted? Oh, I said. He said Detroit. You don't even got no damn draft pick, man. But, no, I, I say he can't go further than 10. That's what I was saying. He got to be in the top 10 draft. Like I, I would be, like I said before, I'd be shocked if he'd be, like, 15, 16, or 17. But, yeah, I, no, I, don't, yeah, I don't see him going no pass in the 10th pick. You know, I, he's definitely going to be top 10. I'm just interested to see who's going to who's gonna gamble, who's going who's gonna to roll that dice. But as yeah, far he's as doing he, And he's not going to be team, at the draft either. No, he's not. No, he's not. Um... Yeah, the team, I can see, I can, oh, man. I could probably see Orlando probably getting him. I see him going to Orlando. Yeah, I could, too. Yeah, I can see him going to Orlando. Hey, hey B. What up? Would, would you take and B? If he slipped to you, would would you take him? It depends on, you mean, like, this period, no matter what pick I got, or just, no, no, no. Like, like, okay. They're, they're like Parker Wiggins. They're, they're gone. Like, and and Embiid's left on the board. Randall. Like, once the the two other guys that are clearly in in his 
the same caliber of player as far as talent are off the board, would you take a chance on Embiid if you were a GM? No, I wouldn't. I, I ain't gonna lie. I'll be I'll be a little scared. I'll be a little scared just off of ass. You know, you don't want to draft that guy and he be your Greg Oden Sam Bowie again. You know what I'm saying? I I, I ain't gonna lie. I'll be scared. I'll be nervous. I'll be, little, I'll be, no, I'm serious. I'll be a little shook. I'll be like, man, I don't know if I want to do this, man. Like, like we have to really, really, like, be so desperate for a center, man. I don't know. I mean, I would, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, I'd get Randall. Give me, give me, give me, give me a Randall. That's a, that's another, that's a big guy that, that can, that can get it done, that strong down low. And then, hell, from what I've learned, he, from what I've seen, he's pretty strong and he's, He's not injury prone. So this guy, like I said, he has a little history of getting injured in college already. Just like Greg Oden was. Just like Greg Oden was in college as well. What you want to say, Ralph? But Julius already has the same injury that Embiid has now. He just had it in high school. And it's the same injury Michael Jordan had. You know, so obviously you can come back from it. You know, Embiid's seven foot but, bigger, so, you know, that that's a little different. But multiple players yeah. have this injury and come back yeah. like that. But when you're that big, though, you know, sometimes you know, when you're that big, you know, it, it's different when you're that big, when you're bigger. You know, mm-hmm. Jordan, you know, Jordan's not as big as old dude. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, you know, his body probably is not taking that much stress, you know, of the injuries off the back injury and, oh, and your course. foot and everything. Yeah, yeah that's you know one thing so to that, keep in I mean, mind. That's, that's a factor, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a factor, but, I mean, yeah, that's of a good point, people, but him being that big, that's a factor. I mean, look look what it, look what it did to Greg Oden, you know what I'm saying? People, when, when Portland drafted him, I guess they must have thought, like, well, hey, look, this is just, he can still be our guy once he's healthy, and look right. how that's panning out, you know what I'm saying? I feel so, you. yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm, no, I mean, like, it, like Ken, yeah, if I got, like, the 11th pick or something, or the 12th pick, and he's sitting there, yeah, I'm getting his ass, but... Yeah, if I got the third, third, fourth, fifth pick, and he's sitting there, I, I, I want to go. I want to go a little bit more short. I mean, of course, every pick you don't know what's gonna happen. Anybody, anybody right. can get injured. Jabari Parker can get can get injured at the second, at the number one overall pick or the second pick. He can be out for the year. He's like, oh shit. So you know, but just seeing that and knowing the history of big men that got injured coming in, you know, it's like, oh god, I'd be, I'd be a little shook. I'm just, I'm, I'm just being honest. I'd be shook. What do you do, FIFO? Uh, it depends on, on what number I'm drafting, but um, you you already know how I feel about Embiid. I, I was saying Embiid was number one pick before all of these ESPN people had things out on you know any mock draft. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, you did. You called I, it. So you know, it, just because of fit. So you know, when I look at the rest, that that's why I'm like, if he goes hot, like he can't, like he he really can't go past Boston because because he, he fits there. Because if they're if they're considering taking either Marcus Smart or Aaron Gordon, you, like if Embiid's there, that 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 that's who they're going to draft. So um, it, it just depends on the pick, Ken. If if I'm drafting four at Orlando, yes, I'm taking them. I, I, if I'm Philly, I'm not taking them simply because I have Nerlens, and you know we're not inside that organization, so I don't know the type of progress he's made. But it's an ACL, and this is 2014, so I know he'll be fine. And he really could have played last year. Because right. remember, it happened during the co- collegiate season way before the tournament. So so, so he had the surgery early. You know, he really could have came back. They just held him out because. And I like that move, you know, um, because, because they were going to be bad anyway. And why risk your future big man for what? Like, you're not in playoff contention. Like, there's no valuable time that he's going to have out there. So, 
If I'm Philly, no. But if I'm Orlando, hell yeah, I'm taking it. Because, I, 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 shit, there's nobody else on, on that roster as good as So I, I trade everybody. Everybody's available Cal. except for Oladipo. Cal, you're on the board, man. He, he's right there. What do you do? Um, if, if my Hawks were picking, what do you mean, like, that? what number am I picking? <laughs> I, I mean, no he, he, yeah. yeah, Wiggins, Wiggins gone, Parker's <clears throat> gone, you know, they're, they're right there, so now you're just left with everybody else. Who do you, um, you I would, if, if, I'm picking, if I'm picking, if I'm Philly and I'm picking third, I'm probably avoiding it. I mean, like like FIFO said, because you got Nerlens Noel last year, he's supposed to be your post presence. Um, Philly's got a bunch of young, like Q said, got a bunch of young talent. You got guys like that, they bunch of young athletic guys, but they just seem to be, like, all over the place. And I don't know if it's because they're just so young. Uh, but they, if they can get it together, man, Philly's going to have a squad. Um, I, if, if I'm picking 10th, yeah, then I take it. Because here's the thing. When you pick a guy at 1, 2, or 3, those are the guys that you expect to come in. Lottery picks are expected to come in and start and contribute right away. You know, everybody's not going to save the franchise like LeBron or Carmelo or somebody or KD. <clears throat> excuse me, but they're supposed to come in and contribute. And I think if you um, draft a guy that high, that's what the expectation is going to be. Uh, that being said, if I'm picking tenth, I'll probably take him at four or three. I'm, I, I got to let him go. Um, this stress fracture that he has in his foot—it's you know, same stress fracture that Michael Jordan had when he. Uh, uh, broke his foot, I think, his rookie year. Um, or is it his rookie year or his second year? I can't remember. I think it was his second year. Um, same, same, you know, injury that Jordan had. But it's also the same injury that sidelined Yao Ming for his career. So, you know, different bodies, different body types. I mean, yeah. Damn, it's rolling right. dice, man. It's really, really rolling the dice. So, I forgot about um, Yao Ming, man. It, it yeah, yeah, Ming yeah. That's the, the injury that, that took Yao down. Because if not, Yao would still be playing. Yeah, so yeah, if, I, if I'm third, then yeah, if I got yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you guys. Then I'll, I'll I got my big, I'll, I'll skip him. But if I'm fourth, yeah, I might have to take that chance. But you know, I don't know. But damn, I forgot about that. That's a good point, Kyle. Shit. <laughs> yeah, man, just, it, it took Yao out, and Yao was you know, <clears throat> Yao was right there as far as uh, you know where he was in his career and. You know, we never got a chance to see what he was going to be or could become. You know, because you know, and then I mean, seven, he's seven six. So, you know, if you got foot problems, you you gonna have foot problems the rest of your life. And like like you said about back issues, you got back issues, you got back issues the rest of your life. I mean, that's just that's not something that's gonna go away. So, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, as far as sleepers, man, um, FIFA, who's your sleeper in this draft, man? Who's the guy you think is gonna be a sleeper? In this year's NBA draft, man, you know I'm a point guard, so I'm gonna stay with the point guard. I think Alfred Payton is, is, is the sleeper. Um, I, you know, I think offensively he's a little bit limited right now, but you know, I, I think you know players in the NBA typically get better with time, with shooting, and you know things of that nature. But this, this guy's a real PG. He, he's really gritty. He has good size at six four. He's quick. Um, he sees the, the core as a, as a PG, so I really like him, and I, and I really think that he can contribute right away. Uh, I don't know, you know, maybe depending on the situation, maybe as a starter, um, but if not, I, I think he'll definitely get minutes as a backup, and, and I think he'll be long, a long-term steal in this draft. 
For those of you listening, Alfred Payton, uh, point guard from uh, Lafayette. He was a junior, um, six <clears throat> four, one eighty, one hundred eighty five pounds. Uh, averaged nineteen point three points a game, six rebounds a game, five point eight assists a game. Um, pretty good numbers, man. Damn good numbers, actually. Damn good numbers. Yeah, you can't beat that. Nineteen six and five at a, at the point guard position. Six four one one eighty five is kind of light, but I mean he can get bigger. Um, what about you, Ken? Any sleepers in this year's draft? Um, I don't know, man. I, I you know I, I I like T.J. Warren, but um, what his performance in in the tournament kind of kind of makes me a little hesitant about what he'll okay. do in the. It, see, he just missed some some clutch free throws that I, I that I thought that his team needed in moments that they needed him, man. Um, and he just really, really didn't come come through for them like I expected him to. But uh, the guy, you know, the guy can score, man. And I think maybe maybe he will, you know. Um, so, I, I, but I still like him. He's a guy that I'm gonna watch and I'm gonna see what he does uh, when he when he gets to the uh, to the NBA. So. He, he's he's on my list. T.J. Warren, uh, small forward, power slash power forward, uh, sophomore from NC State, um, twenty years old, six eight, two hundred twenty pounds. Um, average night, excuse me, average twenty four point nine points a game. Damn, uh, seven point one rebound a game. Yeah, you that. Yeah, he led the ACC in scoring, probably one of the top scorers in the uh, in the country. One point one assists a game. So. Um, and ironically, Ken, the, the mock draft that I'm looking at right now has him coming here to the uh, hometown Hawks. So, um, man, you never know. Oh, never know. What about you, up. B? Uh, any any sleepers? Yeah, that was that was actually my guy. But I'm gonna go with uh, PJ Harris. Um, uh, junior, he's a shooting guard. Pretty much, he's a natural scoring guard. Do average like about 22, I think 22, 23 a game. Uh, about four rebounds a game. Just a, he's just a flat out scorer. So I mean I can I can see him. He's a good shooter. He can shoot. He can shoot the three ball pretty good. Um, I can see him making the transition to the league really good. I can see him being a, a good, a good you know someone coming off the bench giving you instant offense. I mean I ain't gonna say he's gonna be a starter or nothing like that, but I can definitely see him being that guy that can get come off the bench and give you instant offense whenever you want to bench. You want to give your star guy a rest or whatever. Bring him in and he 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 get you some um get you some points. So PJ Harrison. I see him. I see. I can see him making, you know, making some noise, making a little bit of noise um, in the NBA. But yeah, my guy was originally um, T.J. Warren, though. I think he's on. Def- I think he might end up being one of the one of the top, like probably like top three guys going to be nominated for Rookie of the Year this upcoming NBA season. Okay, if everything okay. pans out well. But but yeah, it's not him. I can see. I can see P.J. Harrison making make like I said, making some making a little bit of noise. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um. I've got um, my sleeper man is uh, <clears throat> James Young, man from Kentucky, um, shooting guard slash uh, small forward, kind of tweener uh, at six seven. He's kind of light at two thirteen, but um, I like his, his athleticism and his heart, man. He showed me a lot, especially when they, when he went on their run. Um, he averaged fourteen point three points a game, uh, four point three rebounds a game, one point seven assists per game. Um, there's just something about him, man. He's only 18 years old, so he's relatively young. Uh, he's one of those one-and-done cats. Um, but I like his attitude, man. I like his game. I like his hustle. Um, and obviously, you know, those guys in Kentucky, 
they come in NBA ready, you know, as far as uh, the discipline and everything like that, for the most part. You know, um, you know they, they come in ready to play. Um, so I think he'll do well. I also like uh, – I, I don't – I guess you can't really call him a sleeper, but um, Shabazz Napier. Love that kid's game, man. I think the pro game will definitely do him fine. The point guard out of uh, national champion uh, UConn Huskies. Uh, he was a senior. I think that bodes well for him being a senior. He's 22 years old, um, 6'1", 175. Kind of light in the ass, but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, 18 points a game, uh, 5.9 rebounds a game, 4.9 assists a game. Um, all heart, man. All heart. I mean, he's a guy that can score. He's a guy that can pass. He likes to get guys involved. Um, and he's not he's not afraid to back down. He he's not gonna back down from anybody. He's not gonna back down from a challenge or anything like that. So, um, those are my two, man. Um, I, I also had um, <clears throat> who else did I have on there? I think I had I had some other person. I can't remember who else I had no, on there. But anyway, those, no those love are my two right there. Oh, you know what, kid? I love his game, man. I, I, but he's not really a sleeper, though, is he? He's not really a sleeper, though, kid. I mean, yeah. like, the mock drafts I'm looking yeah. at, they all have him yeah, going between four and eight. Yeah, really? people don't buy him. That's not a sleeper. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, yeah. I, I thought he was like falling he... in the draft. I haven't, looked, I haven't looked at the last update, but I thought he hurt himself last year. Yeah, uh, okay. Marcus Smart, you guys remember okay. Marcus Smart, the kid that got into it with the fan in the stands and yeah, shoved the fan or whatever. State, He's yeah. um point guard from Oklahoma State, sophomore, 20 years old, 6'3", 227, good size for NBA point guard, 18 points, 5.9 rebounds a game, 4.8 assists per game. Um, it, Marcus Smart got that dog. You know, it's like you ever hear a coach say a guy got that dog in him. Marcus Smart has that dog in him, man. I, I like the way he gets after it. He gets after the way a point guard is supposed to on the offensive and defensive end. Um, obviously, you know, everybody knows about the blow-up and everything that happened or whatever like that. But he's, I think he's matured from that, and I think he's got his head on straight, man. I, I think sky's the limit, man. I think sky's the limit. Um, my boy, you know, uh, you know Slick Homie Juan, on Twitter, he, he chimed in. He said, Gary Harris, Zach Levine, and James Young are being heavily slept on. Uh, so we need to be checking for them as well. What were you gonna say? You know, I like too. I, I, you know, I mean, I liked him during during you know his year, his freshman year, well, his only year at uh, Arizona. Is Aaron Gordon. I like yeah. I like his game. Six nine, he he's like a power forward, kind of like a, a hybrid forward almost. You know, power forward can you know probably play that small forward, defend that small forward position in the NBA. But you know, I mean, his numbers wasn't like all oh, like ooh ah. But I think the little intangible things he done on the court, I think kind of you know people kind of sleep on. Like yeah, like I said, I think he only averaged like thirteen or like eight or thirteen and nine. I mean, yeah, not really super impressive numbers, but the dude got he, he got a good basketball IQ and he he got good intangibles on the court. So I, I think Aaron Gordon is, is a is another good pickup. I, I won't really say he's a sleeper because I think they got him going like maybe seven, eight, or nine. But mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, yeah, this mock draft I'm looking at, they've fight. got him going eight to the Kings. Um, of course, Aaron Gordon. Uh, let's see, he's 18 years old, six nine, two twenty. Like you said, B. Um, yeah. yeah, twelve points, twelve point four points a game, eight rebounds a game, two assists per game. Um, yeah. I like him, man. I like, I like, you know, yeah. and he's like that uh, Arizona I like him team in Arizona. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like him. Now, before we move on, B, um, there's rumors about Josh Smith being traded. What's up? You want to speak on that? Oh, I would love it. I'd get you out of this. <laughs> I would love it. Yeah, I would love it. My, 
my boy texted me about that probably like about maybe two or three hours ago. He was he was like, "Yeah, I heard about Smith possibly on the trade talks." I was like, "Yes." I was like, <clears throat> "I was like, uh, Van Gundy, that you would I would be so happy if you get Smith at. I mean, especially if you get something you know for him, good for him. I mean, you know, I don't, I'm interested in who's gonna be." Stupid enough to take his big contract that the Pistons yeah. gave him, but hey, if we can get hey, if we can get rid of him, and he can get us some get us somebody that can help spread that floor, and 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 if we can keep Greg Monroe and well, of course we keep out of Drummond. He already since Dan Van Gundy already said Drummond is like untouchable, but like if we can you know still keep Greg Monroe and then have uh, Andre Drummond as our front court, and then get get somebody that small forward that can spread that floor for us. Man, I, Van Gunny, you you good in my book already. You can get rid of Smith coming into this season. So hey, I love it. I I, I like it. I like. Are y'all that. tired like of Josh that. already? Y'all tired of Jace move already? Yeah, yeah. And my, my only issue, you know what? I don't. Josh Smith is cool. I just think we gave him too much money. I mean, the brand we gave him is like, are you serious? Like he he's getting like LeBron type money, man. Like you, you're, you're not, you're not that. You ain't, you're not supposed to be getting that much money. Now, if we gave him a lot less money, I would have been fine with that. But yeah, we gave him too much bread and whoever his agent was, they did a great job <laughs> to give him that much money. I mean, I ain't mad at him for signing for that much, but I just think Pistons gave him too much money. Biggest, I think Josh Smith was our biggest free agent signing in, in franchise history. We never gave a phrase that much money. Wow. Like, we never signed nobody for that much bread. So, I just think we gave him too much bread. That was my only issue. I think we gave him too much bread. And then I think the Josh Smith, Monroe, and Drummond front court just didn't pan out good. Because Josh Smith, he can't spread the court out. He's, he's a slasher four. He's not a he, – and he thinks he can shoot the ball. And he shoots too many threes thinking he's, you know, he's a he's a Kyle Corver type of shooter. And he's not. You know, <laughs> he's so not he's, close. I mean, he can – he can defend a small forward. He just can't play the small forward. You get what I'm saying? Like, he offensively, he's he's not that versatile offensively to play the small forward. But he can guard it. I mean, he can he can guard multiple positions. I think that's what make Josh Smith such a jewel. He can guard, like, anywhere from the shooting guard to power forward. You know, he can guard a few positions easily. So, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I just, my issue, we just gave him too much money. So, if we can dump him. Dump that contract, and, and and Van Gundy can work with something with dude during his presidency. I would be happy if we can get some if we can get something for that. Hey, you know what I say? Be better you than us. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, man, I was know, so happy for uh, Josh to leave, man. And I like Josh, man. man. Met him a couple of times, man. Real cool cat, man. But um, nah, man. man that, the money he was looking for, man. We, I, you know, I was. Yeah. I knew when the season was over. I knew he and Joe were leaving. I was so happy. And I thought we'd take a step back as as Hawks, but you know, I, it didn't matter to me because it just wasn't worth the money, man. It just wasn't mm-hmm. worth it. So I'm glad y'all picked yep. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six is the number to call to lock us in to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle. Um, now let, I want to jump to something, man, that we we touched on uh, on Twitter. Uh, shout out to my, our boy uh, Modest Media Rod. Um, throughout a question that we, we got into about on Twitter, um, you know, obviously, like I said earlier, when you talk about free agency, it's not like how it was in the past. I mean, if you look at, you know, I, I, and I know LeBron got a lot of criticism for leaving. Um, and I think, I, I think you'd be foolish to say that leaving was a bad decision. Now, the decision may have been a bad decision, but the decision to leave was not because, I mean, he brought two championships, what, two MVPs, 
uh, <clears throat> four trips to the finals. He averaged like 27, 7, and 7 or something like that. It's not crazy. So LeBron has more than delivered. And, and I, I read on Forbes.com this afternoon that if LeBron leaves Miami, the Miami Heat stand to lose $100 million. $100 million if he leaves. Uh, so, you know, think about that for a second. Um, so it got us to thinking, and like I said, it brought, brought through, the, through the topic out there. Um, if your favorite NBA player, because keep in mind, like I said, guys don't, the days of Birds staying with the Celtics forever, or Magic staying with the Lakers forever, or Jordan staying with the Bulls forever, you know, that's that's no longer here. The players don't stick around, and I mean, free agency is not set up like that anymore. Um, so, you know, you pretty much, you know, you're on a team one year, and you can be on another team the next year. You can be on two or three different teams in one year. So, Ken, I'll start with you. If your favorite NBA player left to play for another team, should you switch teams and root for the new team? Why or why not? Uh, you know what, Cal? I want to start this off by saying that uh, <laughs> that, I, that that a lot of people are full of shit. Um, <laughs> The people that want to sit here four years later, two, three years later, and even two years later, that want to go on and say, oh, I didn't have a problem with them leaving. I just had a problem with the decision. You're full of shit. You're just trying to find a way to weasel your way out. Your issue was with LeBron leaving Cleveland. Now, that he's exhibited some success and they're doing this, that, and the other, and you want to try to find a way to kind of like him a little bit, you're trying to say, well, I just didn't like the decision. Bullshit. Your ass was hated. You didn't want him to leave, and you took issue with him personally because you still don't like him. You shouldn't have an issue with the man deciding to do whatever the hell he want to do with his life. Because if it was you, your ass would get up and leave too. As a matter of fact, how about all of you that are sitting up there right now that get up and leave jobs and go to a better situation? <laughs> so you're full of shit. All of y'all, full of shit. You just had an issue with this man deciding to go to Miami and, and team up with another player. It's not LeBron. It's the fact that he decided to go play with other players because you feel that this guy should do what you think he should do. Well, you live your life and let that man live his life and let him do what he want to do. Now, let me ask you a question, Kyle. If a guy, if Dwayne Wade, who's my favorite player in the NBA, up and left and went to play for another team, yeah, I'm going to root for that team. Why would I not want to root for that team? Because I wanted to see the players that I like win and succeed. When Akeem left, now, you know, it was difficult rooting for Toronto when Akeem left, but I didn't want to see Akeem go out like that. So I had to root for the best. It wasn't the best, but I had to root for it because that was my guy. It was tough watching him, you know, play and perform as bad as he did. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. McGrady, he was one of my guys. When he went to Houston, which was great because I love Houston, thanks to a team and the years he played, hey, come on, man, let's jump on here. And McGrady, you know, he did his thing. Now, last year when, you know, the Spurs got their heart ripped out, I felt bad for McGrady because I liked him so much as a player and that he didn't get a chance to get a chip. You know, it was unfortunate, but that's the way the ball bounces sometimes. But to answer your question directly, man, look, if I like a player, I'm going to like him wherever they play because that's who I like. And you can call me whatever you want, but that's, that, you know, that's so cute. But it's not going to change how I feel. So, hey, you know, it is what it is. 
But yeah, everybody was full of shit, man. That's all I wanted to say. Tell him why you mad, son. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I, so, so that being said, if Dwayne Wade goes to plays for the New Orleans Pelicans, you're now a New Orleans Pelicans fan. Look, man. Look, look. I want to be clear. I want to be clear. I want to be very, very clear. <laughs> I am a Wade fan. I'm not saying I'm a Pelicans fan. Will I root for the players as long as Wade is playing? Absolutely. If Wade leaves, am I going to still root for the Pelicans? Probably not, unless they got somebody else to play. I am a fan of that player. Therefore, by default, I will root for that team to win. That's it. I'm going to root for my guy. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. You know, right. I just want to be clear, man, because, because that, you know, that, that's a little tricky. You know, are you going to be a fan of this, you know, a, a Pelican fan? No. I'm a Wade fan, and I want that team that he's playing for to win and succeed. So, you know, by default, that means I'm going to root for the Pelicans. But, you know, if he's not playing there, am I rooting for the Pelicans? Absolutely not. And if, and if people got a problem with it, so be it. Okay, okay. What about you, uh, FIFO, man? It, 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 you, how do you, where do you stand? Your favorite player, man. He leaves. If you if you're let's say your favorite player in the league is, is D Rose and D Rose, you know, leaves Chicago and goes to the Utah Jazz. You know, are you now a Utah Jazz fan or are you still a Bulls fan? Uh, how, how does that work for you? You know, honestly, Kyle, and, and again, this is why I love having a show because no it's recorded. I have other people that can back me up. And Ken and D's know me for a minute. And I've said this for a very long time. I don't have favorite teams. I have favorite players, and I follow my favorite players. And okay. that's why, as other people may or may not know, I'd be getting league passed like almost every year because I don't have favorite teams. I have I have players I watch, and I like to see how they progress year in, year out. Um, you know, anybody that knows me will tell you I'm a basketball junkie. I, if basketball... <laughs> was 24-7, trust me, I would watch it 24-7. In the summertime when they be showing some EuroLeague basketball, I watch EuroLeague basketball. I watch WNBA. I watch, if it's basketball, I'll watch Whoa. it. Yes, I, 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 just, I just love <laughs> basketball like that. I love summer league. Don't be like that. Uh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah, man, I just <laughs> love watching basketball. And um, and, and for me, it, it, I... I, I like, there's some teams I feel like I'm indebted to just, just because I was there when they were great and I kind of claimed those cities, like Chicago. I will forever be a Chicago Bulls fan because I was born there. I, I, most of my life, a lot of my life was there. I was there for all six of Mike's championships. I will forever be a Chicago Bulls fan. I will forever be a Miami Heat fan. Not just a LeBron fan. I am a LeBron fan, but I'm, I will forever be a, a Miami Heat fan because I remember having Tim Hardaway uh, Jam- Jamal, uh, what's his name? Jamal Mashburn, uh, Alonzo Mourning, Dan Marley. Like we had a squad. So you know, when I was growing up, you know, I, that's who I watched. Like that was the local team. So I will forever be a Miami Heat fan. So you know, and there's some other teams that I like, but for the most part, man, I just follow players. Um, you know, I, I like to see how they progress year in year out. I like to see if I was right on my projection. You mm-hmm. know, so. I just really follow players, man. Okay, okay. What about you, Beat, man? Um, favorite team, man. If, if Isaiah had left, 
they went to play for uh, I don't know the Sacramento Kings, man. Do, are, are you are you becoming a Sacramento Kings fan, or do you stay with the hometown Pistons? Hey man, love you Zeke, but I, I rep my squad. Everybody know I've been repping Detroit since I came out the womb, and I, I've been repping them since post Bad Boy era during the horrible Grant Hill, Terry Mills, Bison Daily era, and I still rep, I rep, <laughs> Damn, them, I rep them. Yeah, I rep them uh, when you know we had Billups and Rip Hamilton and all them. Uh, I'm still repping them now. I, I've always been a Detroit Pistons diehard fan. I was a huge Barry Sanders fan. If Barry Sanders would have left the Detroit Lions and went somewhere else, you know, it sucks, Barry Sanders. We love you, but, you know, it's still Detroit Lions all day. So, I'm I'm always been a diehard Detroit, you know, not Detroit team. So, regardless of what players we have on there, I, I just want us to win. I want us to win championships. I don't care if we have a team full of role players or whatever or non-superstars. I just want us to get those W's. So, I really don't care. I mean, I, I don't really have, like, favorite, favorite basketball players. I mean, really, yeah, the last favorite basketball player I, I loved was Isaiah Thomas. I mean, really, after that. I mean, it's, it's basketball players that I like. That I, I mean, I enjoy watching. You know, I, I enjoy watching LeBron James. I enjoy watching Chris Paul. You know, I enjoy watching, you know, uh, Kevin Durant and stuff like that. But, you know, it's like, you know, I can care less where they play for. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if, if they happen to play for Detroit... It's great. Hopefully they can help us and get some championships or get some wins, man. So I yeah, I'm I'm loyal to the team, but I don't really care who what what players do and I don't follow all that stuff. I just wanna watch some good basketball and I want my home I want my home team to do good. And that's in all sports. That's baseball, football, basketball. I want I want my home team to do good. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, now you know what, before I get in my answer, I think I think your answer and FIFO's answers are, even though you said different things, I think it's similar because, and the reason why I'm saying this is because unlike me and Ken, you guys grew up in places where you had hometown teams. You know, where Ken and I grew up, there was the hometown teams. You know, Ken grew up in Mississippi, I grew up in South Carolina. You know, there were no hometown teams. You know, you followed whoever you followed, you know, based on whatever region or whatever allegiance you had to a certain player or whatever like that. So, Maybe that's how you guys came to that, you know, um, that 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 feeling. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I I, I thought that was interesting. That's why I, said, I think even though you guys said different things, I think you're saying the same thing too. Um, and I think that all kind of connects together. Um, for me, um, as I've gotten old, when I was younger, it was more about the the, the player. You know, I was came up. Uh, huge Dr. J fan when I was a kid. Um, so I was a 76ers fan. When I got a little older, by the time I got to college, uh, you know, Jordan was, so I became a Bulls fan. But it was because of Jordan. I was a bigger Jordan fan than I was a Bulls fan, but I was still, I would call myself a Bulls fan. <laughs> so, so thankfully I didn't have Twitter back then because people probably would kill me. Um, then I didn't like the way Chicago split the team because I still maintain to this day if they had kept the team together, they would have won at least 10 championships. At least. At least. Mark it down, debate me, whatever you want to say. We can talk about it. Um, that being said, and then uh, uh, pro- my second favorite player of all time, Jordan, my favorite player, second favorite player of all time is, is Allen Iverson. So Jordan stopped. Iverson came along. So I became a Sixers fan. But then, it's like, then I moved here, and I was like, well, you know what? You need to 
support the hometown team. And then I just kind of like everything. I don't. I can't really say when it happened, but I just really was like, "Yo, I'm gonna get behind this Hawks team, man." You know, and it wasn't like it was nobody rocking. You know, like we talked about earlier, there was no stars here on the team. I mean, they have been. I've been here since '97. We haven't had any stars on the team. You know, they've been average at best. You know, maybe a little bit above average a couple of years. But there's something about rooting for the team. Now, because I'm a fan. Like B said, man, I enjoy watching LeBron. I enjoy watching Tim Duncan. I enjoy watching Chris Paul. I enjoy watching Kobe, KD, Russell Westbrook. I enjoy just watching good basketball other than the WNBA. Sorry, FIFO. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I just enjoy watching good basketball. So for me, it's, uh, you know, it, it's really about just my team now. I'm, I'm older now, so I'm not really into players like that. There are certain players that I will watch. And watch for, but it, right now it, it's all about my Hawks, man. I, I, I firmly believe that at some point in time, hopefully in my lifetime, we'll have a, a ticket tape parade down Peachtree Street, man. And I, you know, I'll, you know, take off work and go down there and get drunk or something and just hang out. I would like to see that happen in my lifetime. I don't know. I mean, the Hawks have been mediocre for a long time, but you know, things things change. You know, maybe one day we'll get a LeBron. Maybe one day we'll get a Carmelo, and we'll have hope that we can get there. But I think for me, it's just something personal just to be rooting, like B said, rooting for that team, your hometown team. And I think not growing, not having that growing up, maybe that's why I kind of bounce from team to team to team. Now that I'm older, I'm about the Hawks, man. I, I just want to see my team do good. I could, you know, once once my team got knocked out of the playoffs, you know, then I could kind of sit back and watch watch the playoffs as a fan. In years past, my team would get knocked out. The Hawks would get knocked out, and I could care less about who. And I, I still don't really care who wins. I mean, I make predictions on, you know, like we did this year, but I care less who wins because my team is not involved. And I'm the same way with football. Um, support the hometown Falcons. Now, baseball, a little bit different. I'm, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm not supporting the Braves. That's another story for another day. But, um, but no, I, I get you. And, and, I, and, people, I get your point, too. And I think, you know, people have to distinguish whether or not they're fans of the players or fans of the team. And I think, you know, people, t- we were talking to this obviously about LeBron, and, you know, you have people saying, you know, especially on social media, Heat Nation and Heat fans. And I don't I don't know that there are a lot of fans of the Miami Heat outside of South Florida. I just don't. I mean, I think there's a bunch of LeBron fans. And much like Ken said, you know, if LeBron goes someplace else, then that's where their fans will go. If LeBron goes to Utah, <clears throat> there'll be a bunch of Utah fans. You know, so you know, anybody want to respond to that? Yeah, man, because you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, and I don't know why people seem to think that there's something wrong with liking a particular player and supporting and rooting for that particular player. You know, the 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 vile and 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 the the hatred that that people spew towards because somebody is repping for the Heat. You know, it, it, it's just, I think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculous. And, and I think that they need to grow up. And, and all honesty, I think it's very immature to, to, to attack somebody or to sit there and, 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 and criticize somebody because they like a particular team. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, and then, you know, on, on top of that, you, you see some of the people that I see just seem to hate those players because, they are Kobe fans, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and so you have that Kobe-LeBron rivalry still going on, and Kobe ain't right. played in two damn, two damn years. <laughs> but they're still repping Kobe, you know what I'm saying? So they're repping Kobe to the death. 
So why, if they can rep Kobe to the death, and I'm, this is not you no know, not me jumping at Kobe fans or attacking Kobe fans. This is more of an example. But if you can rep Kobe to the death, why can't you look around the other side and say, you know, well, you can rep LeBron to the death? And I think a lot of that sometimes may have. I would like to believe that a lot of that has to do with head of the spirit of the sport and the nature of the sport itself. But I don't think so, man. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a little bit beyond that. So, um, you know, and, and I, look, Lord Jesus, I don't know what they're going to do um, when, when their players start to retire. And, and just to respond to what you were saying about where FIFA grew up and where B grew up, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I, I didn't have anybody to root for. I, I didn't care about the Saints. I didn't care about, you know, the Falcons or the Hawks or anything like that. For me, it was about the players, and that's why I liked the Lodge one. That's why I liked Sean Kemp and, and David Robinson, and then when they got Tim right. Duncan, that's why I was a Spurs fan before it became popular when they played the Heat for the last two years, like the Spurs fans. But I liked the players. Now, by default, because I like Elijah one so much, he's my favorite player in the NBA. And, you know, I, I just started rooting for the Houston Rockets, you know, even when he retired and moved on. Um, when they got Barkley and and uh, and they got Barkley and Pippen and and shit, somebody else I'm, I'm forgetting. But you know, I was happy with Clyde Drexler because I was a fan of Clyde Drexler when mm-hmm. when they were playing over the years. So when Clyde came to play for Houston, I was like, shit, let's do it. So you know, that kind of carried on. And then over time, see, I'm the opposite of you, Kyle. Over time, I started to kind of default more back, leave the Houston Rockets. And become, go, go back to where I was with just liking the players that I'm watching play. So when this time of period is over with and Wade is retired and, you know, I, you know my emotions will be a little bit out of, of the game and then I can be more like you and B where I can sit back and just enjoy the game for what it is. You know, kind of like what I'm doing with football because I don't have a team in football. So it's less of an emotional connection for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think for me, man, it, it's um... – it's definitely, uh, you know, where, like I said, it's something where I've evolved over a period of time. You know, it's just, it's not something that I woke up and just said, hey. But, I mean, sports fans are very passionate. I mean, read back, I'm going to read back a couple of comments from Twitter. Um, John Carnegie, uh, he said, he said, never switch your team. He said, I'm a Mavs fan. And he said, if Dirk left, I wouldn't switch. Um, and uh, let's see, my man, a funky diabetic, he said that, uh, you know, he, he didn't switch when Paul Pearson uh, and, and KG left. You know, so... I guess you but know, they're that, fans. But 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 Kyle, they're fans of that team. They're not right. Pierce and KG fans. I, 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 and I bet you, a funky diabetic. I bet I would hope he was happy when they got Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett because they were mired in in. in uh, oh, they were terrible. In, yeah, they were terrible. And I bet you he supported that team much like BZ supported the Pistons right now. And when they got KG and they got Ray Allen to team up with Paul Pierce, oh, I bet you he was happy as shit. You know, and now they're back to, to, you know, struggling again. But he's a fan of the Boston Celtics. He wasn't a fan of KG and Ray Allen. KG mm-hmm. and Ray Allen ended up being hired guns for the Celtics to win the, two, the championship that they did and to allow them to for a shot to win the championship uh, that they almost won until they were cheated out of that championship by the Lakers in the fourth quarter. So, uh, so yeah, so the difference between what I'm saying and probably what you're saying is that and what the – what they don't know that they're saying, maybe they are, I don't know, Twitter is Twitter, is that they're fans of the team. So, yeah, you're not going to switch if Dirk Nowitzki retired because you're waiting like he is for your team to start winning again. So your loyalty is different than guys that just like players. And, again, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. 
Okay. No matter how okay. long. What about you, uh, Ken? And, and, and I mean, excuse me, B and FIFO, you guys want to respond to that? Well, yeah, I, 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 I feel Ken, you know, and, and I 100% agree because I, I'm both. Like I said, you know, and even how B said, you know, he's Detroit everything. He's always Detroit versus everybody. And for me, I, like, I'm never going to waver with the Bulls. I may not, like, be, you know, like, obviously after the Jordan years, I'm like, yeah, Chicago is like, okay, yeah, I'm a Bulls fan, but, you know, I'm waiting to, you know, the after MJ era because, you know, it, it, it right. never ends great, you know, you have to go through a through a rebuild phase and, you know, mm-hmm. being a true Chicagoan, Chicago still was top five or top ten in the league in ticket sales post MJ. So, you know, we're loyalists. Like we have to be. Even you know that like, it can't always be great. So so I'm always gonna be loyal to Chicago because of that. And then just me growing up in Miami and really, you know, obviously my affinity for basketball happened in Chicago, but me growing up in Miami and Miami having a great team and you know, anytime anybody asks me where I'm from, I say Miami. So of course I like the Heat. You know what I'm saying? So I'll never waver on those two teams. But, you know, but outside of that, I'm just I I just like players, man. I just like the game of basketball too much to be indebted to, you know, multiple teams like that. Like those two, because I grew up okay, cool. But like you know, I, 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 there are certain teams I like, but I'm but I'm not a fan of. Okay. Know? So, you know, I, I I get what everybody's saying. Um, and 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 again, you know, to really to reiterate Ken's point, like that's kind of stupid to, you know, hold that against somebody of just being a fan of a certain player because I was a Cleveland fan when LeBron was there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. But I, I didn't really love Cleveland. I just loved LeBron like that. And now that he was in Miami, I already loved Miami, so I, I loved it. You know, so right. but yeah, don't don't hold that shit against people. And at the end of the day, stop paying on LeBron. All you Kobe lovers, y'all love Kobe to the death, and <laughs> and, and you know defend them with everything. That's cool. Let me defend LeBron. And if we can't agree, let's just disagree. Rod, calling your ass out. <laughs> oh man Oh man 646-478-0356 Is the number to call um, I, I think that it, I'm reading the comments from, from Twitter And it, it, honestly guys It's split right down the middle Some people say hey You know I root for a team Some people say hey I root for this guy And wherever this guy goes You know uh, Shout out to my girl Uh uh, Ravy baby, she said on Twitter. She said, "I hate basketball." She said, "But I love LeBron." She said, "I always tr- cheer for whatever team he goes to." She said, "Straight up." So, I mean, I, I guess the thing is, I, I don't know. I, these quote unquote new Heat fans have kind of rubbed people the wrong way because when the word came out today that LeBron was opting out, I saw all kind of you know Facebook postings and Twitter posts and you know memes about. Uh, heat fans jumping, you know, pictures of people jumping off trains and bandwagons and everything like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was funny, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, just because he opted out doesn't mean that he's necessarily leaving. Uh, we all, with the exception of Ken, said, <laughs> said that, uh, you know, he'll be back. Oh, no, I'm sorry, we all said he'd be back in Miami. Um, Ken said Mello would be joining him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think um, I, I think it's interesting, but I, I don't know – I don't know, man. It, it goes back to the to the to the hate, I guess. Um, damn, <laughs> we get notification. Where did this show go, man? We get not a notification that we got ninety seconds left in the show, man. I mean, this, this show really, really flew by. Um, 
first and foremost, got to thank everybody for tuning in as you do. Uh, make sure to check us out each week. We're here Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, thanks for putting up with me, struggling through a cold, but I'm going to be all right. I'm about to take some NyQuil and call it a night. Um, shout out to the boys, man. Dead End Hip Hop is back. Uh, make sure you check out the website, deadendhiphop.com. Um, make sure that you check out check us out on Twitter, uh, deadendsports.com, dead end, at deadendsports on Twitter as well. Uh, hit us up at KBinge, at FIFO247, at BZ430, at 12Kyle. Um, that's going to do it for this week, for the week of sports, uh, for Ken, for B, for FIFO. I'm your host, 12Kyle. We will holler at you next week. Peace. Peace.